Chapter One of In the Footprints of the Padres by Charles Warren Stoddard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One Old Days in El Dorado. One Strange Countries for to See. Now, the very first book was called Infancy, and having finished it, I closed it with a bang. I was just twelve. Tis thus the twelve year old is apt to close most books within those pages perhaps some day to be opened to the kindly inquiring eye lie the records of a quiet life stirred at intervals by spasms of infantile intensity there are more days than one in a life that can be written of and when the clock strikes twelve the day is but half over the clock struck twelve we children had been watching and waiting for it the house had been stripped bare many cases of goods were awaiting shipment around cape horn to california california a land of fable we knew well enough that our father was there and had been for two years or more and that we were at last to go to him and dwell there with the fabulous in a new home more or less fabulous yet we felt that it must be altogether lovely we said good-bye to everybody getting friends and fellow-citizens more or less mixed as the hour of departure from our native city drew near we were very much hugged and very much kissed and not a little cried over and then at last in a half-dazed condition we left rochester new york for new york city on our way to san francisco by the nicaragua route this was away back in eighteen fifty five when san francisco it may be said was only six years old it seemed a supreme condescension on the part of our maternal grandfather that he who did not and could not for a moment countenance the theatre should voluntarily take us one and all to see an alleged dramatic representation at barnum's museum at that time one of the features of new york city and perhaps the most famous place of amusement in the land four years later when i was sixteen very far from home and under that good gentleman's watchful supervision i asked leave to witness a dramatic version of uncle tom's cabin enacted by a small company of strolling players in a canvas tent there were no bloodhounds in the cast and a mighty little scenery or anything else alluring but i was led to believe that i had been trembling upon the verge of something direful and i was not allowed to go what would that pious man have said could he have seen me a few years later strutting and fretting my hour upon the stage well we all saw damon and pythias in barnum's lecture-room with real scenery that split up the middle and slid apart over a carpet of green baize and twas a real play played by real players at least they were once real players but that was long before it may be their antiquated and failing art rendered them harmless and then those beguiling words lecture-room have such a soothing sound they seemed in those days to hallow the whole function which was of course the wily wish of the great moral entertainer and his great moral entertainment was even as the cups that cheer but not inebriate it came near it in our case however it was our first matinee at the theatre and oh the joy we took of it years afterward did we children in our playroom clad in the trailing garments of the night in lieu of togas sink our identity for the moment and outrant damon and his pythias 
thrice happy days so long ago in california there is no change like a sea change no matter who suffers it and one's first sea voyage is a revelation the mystery of it is usually not unmixed with misery five and forty years ago it was a very serious undertaking to uproot oneself say good-bye to all that was nearest and dearest and go down beyond the horizon in an ill-smelling overcrowded side-wheeled tub not a soul on the deck that day but fully realized this the dock and the deck ran rivers of tears it seemed to me and when after the lingering agony of farewells had reached the climax and the shore lines were cast off and the star of the west swung out into the stream with great side wheels fitfully revolving a shriek rent the air and froze my young blood some mother parting from a son who was on board our vessel no longer able to restrain her emotion was borne away frantically raving in the delirium of grief i have never forgotten that agonizing scene or the despairing wail that was enough to pierce the hardest heart i imagined my heart was about to break and when we put out to sea in a damp and dreary drizzle and the shoreline dissolved away while on board there was overcrowding and confusion worse confounded in evidence everywhere perhaps it did break that overwrought heart of mine and has been a patched thing ever since we were a miserable lot that night pitched to and fro and rolled from side to side as if we were so much baggage and there was a special horror in the darkness as well as in the wind that hissed through the rigging and in the waves that rushed past us sheeted with foam that faded ghost-like as we watched it faded ghost-like leaving the blackness of darkness to enfold us and swallow us up day after day for a dozen days we ploughed that restless sea there were days into which the sun shone not when everybody and everything was sticky with salt distillation when half the passengers were seasick and the other half sick of the sea the decks were slimy the cabins stuffy and foul the hours hung heavily and the horizon line closed in about us a grey wall of mist then i used to bury myself in my books and try to forget the world now lost to sight and as i sometimes feared never to be found again i had brought my private library with me it was complete in two volumes there was rollo crossing the atlantic by dear old jacob abbott and this book of juvenile travel and adventure i read on the spot as it were read it carefully critically flattering myself that i was a lad of experience capable of detecting any nautical error which jacob one of the most prolific authors of his day might perchance have made the other volume was a pocket copy of robinson crusoe upon the fly-leaf of which was scrawled in an untutored hand charlie from freddy this freddy was my juvenile chum i still have that little treasure with its inscription undimmed by time frequently i have thought that the reading of this charming book may have been the predominating influence in the development of my taste and temper for it was while i was absorbed in the exquisitely pathetic story of robinson crusoe that the first island i ever saw dawned upon my enchanted vision we had weathered cape sable and the florida keys no sky was ever more marvellously blue than the sea beneath us 
the density and the darkness that prevail in northern waters had gone out of it the sun gilded it the moon silvered it and the great stars dropped their pearl plummets into it in the vain search for soundings sea gardens were there floating gardens adrift in the tropic gale pale green gardens of berry and leaf and long meandering vine rocking upon the waves that lapped the shores of the antilles feeding the current of the warm gulf stream and forsooth some of them to find their way at last into the mazes of that mysterious mighty menacing sargasso sea strange sea monsters more beautiful than monstrous sported in the foam about our prow and at intervals dashed it with colour like animated rainbows from wave to wave the flying fish skimmed like winged arrows of silver sometimes a land bird was blown across the sky the sea birds we had always with us and ever the air was spicy and the breeze like a breath of balm one day a little cloud dawned upon our horizon it was at first pale and pearly then pink like the hollow of a seashell then misty blue a darker blue a deep blue dissolving into green and the green outlining itself in emerald with many a shade of lighter or darker green fretting its surface throwing cliff and crest into high relief and hinting at misty and mysterious veils as fair as fathomless it floated up like a cloud from the nether world and was at first without form and void even as its fellows were but as we drew nearer for we were steaming toward it across a sea of sapphire it brooded upon the face of the water while the clouds that had hung about it were scattered and wafted away thus was an island born to us of sea and sky an island whose peak was sky-kissed whose veils were overshadowed by festoons of vapour whose heights were tipped with sunshine and along whose shore the sea sang softly and the creaming breakers wreathed themselves flashed like snowdrifts vanished and flashed again the sea danced and sparkled the air quivered with vibrant light along the border of that island the palm trees towered and reeled and all its gardens breathed perfume such as i had never known or dreamed of for a few hours only we basked in its beauty rejoiced in it gloried in it and then we passed it by even as it had risen from the sea it returned into its bosom and was seen no more twilight stole in between us and the night blotted it out for ever forever i wonder what island it was a pearl of the antilles surely but its name and fame its history and mystery are lost to me its memory lives and is as green as ever no winter blast visit it even the rich dyes of autumn do not discolour it it is perennial in its rare beauty unfading unforgotten unforgettable a thing immutable immemorial i had almost said immortal whence it came and whither it was gone i know not it had its rising and its setting its day from dawn to dusk was perfect doubtless there are those whose lives have been passed within its tranquil shade from generation to generation it has known all that they have known of joy or sorrow 
all the world that they have knowledge of has been compassed by the far blue rim of the horizon that sky-piercing peak was ever the centre of their universe and the wandering seabird has outflown their thoughts all this came to me as a child when the first island swam into my ken it was a great discovery a revelation of it were born all the islands that have been so much to me in later life and even then i seemed to comprehend the singular life that all islanders are forced to live the independence of that life for a man's island is his fortress girded about with the fathomless moat of the sea and the dependence of it for what is that island but an atom dotting watery space and so easily cut off from communication with the world at large drought may visit the islander and he may be starved the tornado may desolate his shore fever and famine and thirst may lie in wait for him sickness and sorrow and death abide with him thus is he dependent in his independence and he is insecluded in his seclusion for he cannot escape from the intruder he would have no wish that may not be satisfied provided he be native born what can he wish for that is beyond the knowledge he has gained from the objects within his reach the world is his so far as he knows it yet if he have one wish that calls for aught beyond his limited horizon he rests unsatisfied all that was lovely in that tropic isle appealed to me and filled me with a great longing i wanted to sing with the beloved bard oh had we some bright little isle of our own in the blue summer ocean far off and alone and yet even then i felt its unutterable loneliness as i have felt it a thousand times since the loneliness that starves the heart tortures the brain and leaves the mind diseased the loneliness that is exemplified in the solitude of alexander selkirk robinson crusoe lived in very truth for me the moment i saw and comprehended that summer isle he also is immortal from that hour we scoured the sea for islands from dawn to dark we were on the watch the caribbean sea is well stocked with them we were threading our way among them and might any day hear the glad cry of land ho but we heard it not until the morning of the eleventh day out from new york the sea seemed more lonesome than ever when we lost our island the monotony of our life was almost unbroken we began to feel as prisoners must feel whose time is near out oh how the hours lagged but deliverance was at hand at last we gave a glad shout for the land was ours again we were to disembark in the course of a few hours and all was bustle and confusion until we dropped anchor off the mosquito shore End of part one